1: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
3: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today, adjacent.
1: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
3: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Why y'all have me come on your show and then make me do labor? I don't understand that at <laughs> all. You, oh, you own the network. I, right? That's the labor that I'm doing. Jason's <laughs> like, I want you to do this segment and come up with things like this.
4: And I'm okay, like, okay, all right. Let's let's get into it. I just want to hang out. Hang I do, out. You know, like, like, listen,
0: I do. I'm asked to do that five days a week. I don't want to come on here. And like you... I,
4: I just wanted to hang out with the boys. That's all I wanted okay. to do. Well, Russ and I had a, a kind of a not an argument, but we disagreed about this because we I was of the mindset that you would not want to do this because this is work and you do plenty of other things. And Russ thought like that. I, I get you thought probably that he'd been feeling left out, that he'd been wanting to be included in this and hadn't. Been. Correct. Because so he had this, said
0: he like I just like when the four of us are in the same space together because it's the
4: funniest two hours oh my gosh yes my especially if it's not recorded <laughs> Yeah. right yeah those are the best so which is it do you you were wanting to come on here or you or of this course, is I, of course a, a labor want, and a chore for you
3: i want to hang out but i don't want to be given segments you would. you didn't give billy gill like hey billy why don't you do a segment for us and tell we us the things that are bothering okay. you like when oh, we, <laughs>
4: we, we did that we did do that. I'm just saying. When, like when, when we have a guest coming, my goal is to try, a guest co-host mainly, my goal is to try to set them up for it to be, for there to be stuff for them to go to, stuff that's going to be in their wheelhouse. And so I gave you two things, Lawrence. And and trust me, like, you know, I, I tread lightly talking to you this way, but I gave you two things that were like, you know, with my Tony voice, I, I gave you two things that were like, Three minutes of work total. Lawrence, I just wanted you to kick it, man. (laughs) That's all I wanted to do.
3: I just wanted to kick it. I just wanted to be part of this awesomeness that you guys are putting together and i'm like oh i, me, I, I
0: wouldn't i wouldn't call it that <laughs>
3: let me let me get a segment together all right here. well, we'll f- here's what's grinding my gears today jason that would be great let me <laughs> tell you about this you'd
4: be great at a grinding my gears segment all right well There's you're no about to be about part that. of it and we're about to find out what your participation level is going to be welcome to sports adjacent everyone that voice that you're hearing is lawrence holmes the godfather of sports media the kingmaker in Chicago, radio, podcast, television, every medium. Lawrence, welcome to Sports Adjacent. Glad to have you. Yes! Finally, this
0: is where, this is where uh, Tony puts in the pew, 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 pew
4: in post. That's, yeah, <laughs> I liked last week when Tony did it himself. Go ahead, do it again, Tony. We heard Russ's.
1: Oh, the pew, pew, pew.
4: yeah. What is that? That's like a Brazilian the air horn.
1: It's uh, the, the air Jamaican horn. air horn.
4: Jamaican air horn. There it is. Go ahead, oh. do yours. Do yours, Lawrence. I would do it if I actually have it on my, my phone. No, well, and that's if not. I wasn't, okay. you, oh wait,
3: actually, you know what? I got it right here. I just have to download it in a second and then you can hear it off of
0: your
4: radio. that's
3: how I roll. <laughs> yeah.
4: <Right>. hey, <laughs> We're I, not, not live we or do, it's cool. Yeah. While
0: we wait <laughs> for you to do that. The, the guy who's made his living in radio all these years. Hey, let
4: me download this real quick. I mean, sometimes <laughs> things
3: it. have, to, you have to wait a little bit, that's <laughs> all. It's,
4: well, but Tony can cool. put it in in post. I wanted to hear you try to do it and I, I, I'll go. Not good. There we go. See, it was completely, completely worth now. the wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, the man hitting the uh, horn on his phone is Lawrence Holmes. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, and we got Tony Gill producing as always. And we want to start by thanking Obvious Shirts, our sponsor. You can go on there right now. Uh, they've got like 15 to 20 really good White Sox shirts. And I bring up the White Sox because – they're the only team in town that's good right now. They've got going, 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 Vaughn. All right, you brought the whole... Uh, then he, then he said, he didn't, he said he didn't want to do no work and got all the sound effects. He brought the he was whole 670, for the score, music board, waiting for sound the sound let's see what else I got. Okay. Make sure that these are all royalty-free, please. These these are. Right. Tony, okay, this for you. Let it there you go. Okay. I
0: want to say that Lawrence... W. Holmes is black excellence personified.
4: (laughs) What was that? Is that someone saying ham? (laughs) Yes. Like the lunch meat?
3: Yeah. Or hard as a, it's fine. Okay. Yes, Russ is correct. I am all of those things that he said.
4: Anyway, obvious shirts. They've got going, going Vaughn. They've got, uh, I was a fan before 2005. They've got baseball needs more Tim Anderson's. Uh, they've got 15 to 20 really good White Sox shirts on there. They've got our collection of sports adjacent shirts and you can get anything you want on there for 10% off by using the promo code adjacent 10. And they already I have free shipping, free I return. So it's shirt. all good. I you get? You get? Everyone,
3: everyone loves Tony Gill's shirt. Yeah,
4: That's a hot seller. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold
2: on, hold on,
0: hold on. Now Lawrence. You know, we invite you on our lovely podcast. (laughs) And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. No, no, no. I appreciate you supporting our business, our sponsor. But of all the shirts that are available in our collection, that's the one you bought. Yeah. You know know how this man gets.
4: He knows better than
0: anybody. Yeah. He knows better than anybody. The destruction the most. Yeah. But of all the shirts, that's the one.
3: Yeah, and I'm going to wear it on the air tomorrow. I am going to wear it so that people on the Twitch stream can see it, and hopefully people will buy it. And my hope is that that puts more money in Obvious Shirt's pocket, therefore putting money in you guys' pocket, therefore putting money in my pocket.
4: It's all connected. That's all all (laughs) that good stuff. That's all good, but that's how we roll. You understand what you're encouraging here. You, you're coming on here and in, in, in some ways, like doing your best impersonation of Tony so far. Like, <laughs> like hijacking if if the show. Tra- oh my gosh. Yes. And you're just tra- <laughs> treating it like a playground. My boy.
3: Where do you think he got this from?
4: Because my boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: this, is, this is Lawrence. Ladies and gentlemen, like, I, I want, I'm so glad that this is the Lawrence we're getting because you don't know sometimes which Lawrence you'll get. The Lawrence that we're getting is the Lawrence, like, cut loose with zero responsibility for how this turns out. He is just letting it fly. This is not his show that he has to worry about. He is just going to turn it loose. And I think that's going to be fun, Russ.
0: The best part of Lawrence is, you know, people, like you said, people hear the, the, the cultured professor, the, the 20, almost 30 years in the business, Lawrence Holmes, right. Every five days a week, noon to two. But we, as his friends, like we get the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored Lawrence Holmes. And I, that's what I want. Yeah. Our, our listeners to get like he's not just the sole proprietor of house of L incorporated. Like he, that's our guy. And I want people to hear our guy in his natural habitat, just chilling, kicking it.
3: Well, and a I long time ago, it. I used to be a radio producer, not unlike Tony Gill. And I used to be the guy that was playing drops and produce pieces and all sorts of stuff. So it's in my purview And I don't get a chance to do it all the time. But if you've listened to the radio show over the last couple of years, we have descended into quite a bit of goofiness Mm -hmm. on the show. I heard it last week. (laughs) Oh my God. It was great. Last Monday show was amazing where we just, we threw out the Shirley Caesar. We had a good time (laughs) talking about all of that. We had our, our revival again for the bears before, Mm -hmm. you know, went uh, this past weekend We did all of that fun stuff and people seem to, I got away with, and I can't believe this. I hit up my man, Jay Illa, and I said to him, I said, I want to do something at the all-star break for the White Sox. He's a DJ. He's the Bears DJ. If you go to games right. at Soldier Field, he's working on the field. Me and Illa have known each other for a really, really long time. and He's a huge White Sox fan. I said, can you do a White Sox mix for me? Like just put together a mix we'll send you a few sound bites. You can drop them in. He, he did it. And he said, well, how long do you want this to be like two, three minutes? I was like, no, do a whole segment, oh, like geez. make it a okay. whole thing. And he minutes. gave me 13 minutes of gold and wow. we played it on the score. We played a, a mixtape on the score for 13 minutes and people loved it. The Twitch views, for us, like a good round of of people watching on Twitch is usually like 450, 500. There were 700 people in the Twitch listening to this mix, vibing out, enjoying White Sox baseball. It's it's good. And I got to tell you, one of the people that helped me take risks on the show was Tony. Tony was like, See, the only problem is that Tony goes too far.
4: He's the embodiment that, of risk.
3: It, it, he, he it's, is why, risk. It, it's why I felt like we were a good match because I could be like, oh, that's a really good creative idea. Let's see where it goes. Let's not go that far with
0: it. <laughs> that's every week here,
4: but we do it in like real time. It's like, Tony, no, we can't say that. Yeah, Lawrence is live though. I mean, we we can we let Tony shoot first and then redact later. <laughs> and then edit later. Yeah, <laughs> redact. Later. I, I don't know how you did it live. I don't know how we did it
3: either, to tell you <laughs> the truth. Maybe it's because like Mitch's office, is, like right next to the studio, and I mean, we do have a dump button. Like I have one mm-hmm. in the studio in case Tony's gonna Tony. Um, so I I at least have some semblance of control (laughs) where i can put an end to it now the the messed up part is that the people on the stream it doesn't matter if you hit the dump button (laughs) the folks who are listening on the odyssey app or on the stream they get every bit of it and there have been i haven't had to in my time at the score i haven't had to dump myself yeah and i'm very proud of that because there are other hosts who have and the shit is hilarious when <laughs> that is the case. When you see someone recognize that they just said a four, seven, or 12 letter word on the air, and then they have to, you know,
4: dump well, that out. What's funny though is that that's what that button's for. And that's, but that's not the problem with Tony. Tony doesn't use language like that. Correct. That button gets used for an entirely different purpose.
3: Correct. It is literally to censor what are horrific thoughts from Tony Gill from time to time. But I think that that's good. He he helped me push the genre a little bit further because of the way that he does things. But it's, you know, I heard the show last week. I listened, but, you know, as I'm posting the show, I'm listening. I'm like, holy crap. Like the first five minutes of, of last week's show, I just say, wow, this is really going to give people a glimpse of Tony. Like this is what it's like to be around him. This is what it's like to, to have to try and rein him in from his, his, uh, his, his, his realm of terror that he likes to bring upon anyone that is trying to do uh, a respectable
4: program. Well, that's, and that's where it gets interesting because and Russ knows this like, but this didn't occur to me until recently. And I didn't have uh, a true appreciation for the re- working relationship that you would have had with Tony Lawrence is that what you just described makes him the most fun friend you could have <laughs> Drop Tony in the middle of dinner in the middle of a uh, round of golf, probably anything. And it's going to liven things up when you're adding that to your show. It's a goat rodeo.
3: Yes. I mean, Tony has been to my house multiple times. He's been to parties at my house. And he now has the nickname of when I have people gather of party terrorist" Because that's (laughs) what he is. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, uh, He's a party terrorist. Like, he's going to say something. We're going to be like, what? What just happened? And why is everything stopped? And all... I I joked about it in the post that, damn it, Tony is something that anyone who loves Tony Mm -hmm. Gill, and as the shirt says, everyone loves Tony Gill, has said. I remember when we were talking with, we were out hanging out at one of Shakia Taylor's event, Mm -hmm. and she literally, you know, in the most righteous, indignant Black woman way, just said, Tony, I'm sick of you like oh, just geez. in public like in front of everybody because of his nonsense. Tony, Tony every- you
4: look so proud of hearing that. Like that's a badge of honor. That's a that you're going to put that on your resume. Uh
1: that moment was probably the most Tony I've ever been in my entire life.
3: <laughs> I have a picture of it. Like I have a picture of the moment where Shake was like Tony, I'm sick of you and was like pointing at him and you know I I was worried for Tony
4: because <laughs>
1: really? I
4: love I love, I
1: love She's the secure. best. She's the yeah. Best.
4: It's not mutual. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, she loves, she loves Tony too. Like she understands his, his nonsense. The only problem is I know that like we are talking about it and I feel bad because now we spent 15 minutes talking about Tony, which is exactly what he wants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he definitely paid you hundred dollars before you came on here he doesn't
3: have a (laughs) hundred dollars like he's got a girlfriend now he's spending all his money don't get us (laughs)
0: started don't get us started
3: he spent more money on spilt liquor
4: (sighs) we're uh we're lucky to have tony here on the on the zoom call today because tony had himself a little covid scare. were you guys given the uh the play-by-play of this over the weekend are you all right
1: yeah yeah no symptoms or anything um my girlfriend, Tony, Tony,
4: Tony, Tony, Tony. Just why don't you start with that? You tested negative, please. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, I the no, the Just, like, lead, lead with yeah. that and then tell the story. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I texted, I I got a test Saturday and I tested negative, so we're all good there. Um, but my girlfriend was exposed to uh the the COVID, um, at work <laughs> and her place of employment didn't really tell her. They had to find out secretly from an email, uh, not sent to them. So yeah, that was that was pretty scary. So, but we're all good now. We both tested negative, so everything's all square. So
4: that's wonderful. Tony went into that he was gonna get tested, like I don't know, sometime next, sometime in a week, like in a few days, was gonna get tested. And uh, you know, did I want to hang out at one point in the meantime? And I'm having to explain to them that, like, you can, I mean, you can get walk in and get a test anywhere right now. You could probably get tested at the drive through of McDonald's right now. Like, there's tests everywhere.
3: Yeah. I'm excited. I'm leaving, I'm hopefully leaving the country next Sunday, and I have to get a test a few days before I head to Canada. Mm -hmm. And man, their rules, like, they are very serious. They are very, I've never been to Montreal. I've been dying to go to Montreal. So, When things were looking better, <laughs> I booked a right. trip thinking that we were going to continue on a, at least a little bit of an upswing. And then Psych. I'm like, yeah, Psych. right. <laughs> and and so I was concerned that they were going to close the border and they still might between now and the time my flight leaves. But they're like, you need to register. You need to be vaccinated. We need a negative COVID test. And I'm like, all of that makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. It ain't and Florida, buddy. And this last one, I was like, they are for real, for real. They want a written plan. <laughs> <laughs> they want, they um, want an
0: itinerary of what you're going to be doing in Canada.
3: No, 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 no. Uh, th- that would be fine, too. If you they test want positive, a plan of what you will do if you get stuck in Canada.
4: I think you mm-hmm. have to book a hotel, a quarantine hotel, through the Canadian government, don't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. You got to do life. it. Yeah.
3: They, they are not playing around at all. And, and, and I they're not
4: paying for it that. either. You are.
3: I can appreciate that.
4: <laughs>
0: they like, don't bring that bullshit over here. <laughs> don't bring it. Don't bring <laughs> that
3: American COVID up here to Canada. We are not having that nonsense.
1: Is there? Is there a, a what if Marvel Cinematic Universe where the rest of the world is like, I don't know what y'all are doing over the United States, but we want none of it. None of y'all can come over here stay there i mean isn't that really what's going on right now i mean <laughs> it's when
3: that there was definitely a time not too long ago over the last 18 months when the world was like nope don't come here and australia you know. and new zealand have been straight up like don't come here
2: do not come do not come
4: i'm gonna come Ever. To everyone, New, yep. New Zealand's been saying that to everyone. But there was a point where, I mean, Canada for the last two years didn't let the Raptors and Blue Jays play in Canada because even under the circumstances of hey, these are professional, you know, hundreds of billion, hundreds of millions billion dollar sports teams with world class testing and frequent testing and every advantage you could possibly have, we st- we still don't want thirty of them coming in and going, and we don't want the, the Canadian players, the Blue Jays and the Raptors players coming and going all the time into the U.S.
3: And when you you see what happened with early on, like last year, when you see what happened, like with Cleveland and their players and folks were just wilding out before there was a vaccine, like you you get it. And now all the people that are still out here just doing whatever. Like I, I, I admit that I got a little bit vaccine high. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, me I was too. Like, okay, I'm going to go yes. out and I'm going to be with people. And yeah. I had a good time doing it. And now I'm like, Ugh, might be time to do the show from home again. Because <laughs> you can't <laughs> trust people. It's amazing.
4: Well, what's happening now is we're having the resurgence of everything. But we're collectively, and, and I'll be honest, man, me too, a little bit, saying like, okay, fine, but I don't want to go back to all that stuff we've been doing for a year and a half. It's hard to go back. It's very hard to go back.
3: It is. It, it really truly is. But it, man, I I feel like we going back in the house if we don't get stuff back regulated. And, it, and I almost feel like I almost feel like there was this trade-off where people were like, can we just have one month of fun
4: and then we'll go back and do Can <laughs> we have spring break from the pandemic? Right. Hey Russ, and don't then- you don't Russ, don't you feel like it's not our fault? No, it's not, no, our, it's not fault. our fault. Like that but, that's the most that's but, the exasperating thing is there's a solution out there and we've all opted for it and everyone else is ruining it. Here's my thing
0: though, like I I understand cuz I think we're they're gearing up to like put way more restrictions. I don't think we're going to get it to shut shutdown range again because there's too much money moving out here and I don't think the world in whatever form is going to allow that to happen. But yeah, you we're going to get to a point here where it's just like, "All right, bro. Y'all y'all wild, y'all coughing in strangers' mouths and licking doorknobs and all
1: this other <laughs> stuff. And we got to calm y'all down. But the, the funny the funny assumption that Lawrence made was that all of us was just not going to be here, Russ is going to be still out here. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Nice.
2: Wow. Yeah.
4: You see welcome, how, okay. you so see how my man does me? Well, welcome this, to, welcome to, to the show, Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. Lawrence, you know how uh, you know how Dwayne Wade had his Eurostep and Dirk Nowitzki had his leg kick step back jumper. Uh this is Tony's. Oh, <laughs> well,
3: that's his go-to.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's just to at any given time point out Russ's um vibrant love life. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get cared. I away.
3: mean, honest, to tell you the truth, Jason, you kind of took it to a different place. Like Tony at least left some
0: room to wonder Interpretation. What,
3: right. And you were like, no, nah, let's go straight to Russ's robust love life. Like, like, bro, like, Russ Russ mom, like
0: Russ's mom doesn't <laughs> listen to the pod when, <laughs> when the comes up on her
4: All right. phone. Yeah, literally everyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows exactly what Tony meant. But here's, <laughs> my, here's my thing with Tony. Like, he talks... He, it, it's convenient for him to point that
0: out about me because he got his his girlfriend now. Ooh, but yeah. like, if he didn't, he'd be right in the streets with me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was that laugh is translated to yes yes absolutely uh, can i can i tell you something about uh tony's covid saga and his girlfriend is when i found out tony had this scare on uh, friday i think it was and i explained to him how you don't have to wait five days to get tested buddy and no i don't want to hang out before you get tested uh i said let me know After you get tested, because I care about you. I want to know. I want to know if you tested positive or negative. I want to know if you're all right. And uh, Tony blows up my phone with some all caps texts 24 hours later, not five days later, 24 hours later. I'm negative. I'm negative. And I I texted back. Okay. And what about his girlfriend? And uh, nothing. Just in such jubilation over his own freedom to continue living life because he did not test positive. Like, forget her. Like, you know no more women and children first. She's just, you're on your own. I'm good. That is it. It's,
3: it's it's quite typical.
4: I was actually probably not going to watch Malice at the palace until one of you guys suggested that I watch that on Netflix because I saw that pop up and as like coming soon on Netflix. And I thought, I already know everything about this. Not even close, not even close. I'm so glad I watched it. It was, it's an hour. If any of you listening have not seen, this it is absolutely worth your time. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with how much a, I enjoyed it and how much it explained so many different things to me.
0: It, I think it, it's one of those 17 years later, there's a lot of things where you're just like, look, this dynamic was at play and this dynamic was at play and you hear that over the years and you've heard it over the years and then to sit down and hear the players talk about that and see everything play out and then having the video clips from back then and everything that was on the four letter network uh, that doesn't pay us for advertising. So I won't say their name and (laughs) all like all these different news stations. They're like, yo, these thugs and all of that and the dress code policy that, came about right after that incident and you know the racial dynamics at play had to have all that in one space with everybody involved I thought it was really cool but I thought it really told the full picture of everything that happened and how you can shape a narrative uh, and I know that narrative is a word that gets used almost too much in this yes. day and age but I think in this documentary you really got to see how a narrative gets shaped Absolutely. when you don't show you no know, fans throwing things at athletes that something that we see all the time this year and in the past couple of years yeah um, we
4: should tell people this didn't used to be every single day
0: on the right. news that mm-hmm. someone was throwing popcorn at Russell
4: Westbrook or whatever
0: mm-hmm. like th- that was a a big deal and when you don't show that and you just show Ron Artest and Stephen Jackson going into the stands at the Palace in Auburn Hills that's how you get, oh, my God, these players who make all this money did yeah. something so heinous, and it wasn't shaped as, look, some of these guys are just defending themselves in an ugly situation.
3: What's crazy is, is that you still see what I think is one of the more dangerous elements of it, Russ, is the fan entitlement. That dude that they talked to in the documentary, he still feels like he that was a. Charlie entitled. H dude, get yeah. out of here, man. <laughs> Like he like he's still like, oh, you know, and I'm just like, man, it it really shows you what people tend to think. And then the other guy, the 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 green dude, John Green, where he
4: threw the Pepsi at Ron Artest while he was laying on the scores table mm-hmm. where it was.
3: I'm so happy that that prosecutor was like, it wasn't a joke to us. And it was clearly like a joke to him. And they weren't playing like they like they weren't yeah. playing. I'm. I'm really good. Well, I will say, though, it made me laugh when I saw Tim Donaghy pop up. I was like, ah! oh my gosh. <laughs>
4: right. I'm like, of all people to be ref in that game, it would be you. Russ, did you hear what he said, though? The, his very first comments on it was he was helping Tim Donaghy, he was trying to explain what a big game this is. And he says, you know, the NBA he is so self important and so unself aware. Uh, the NBA is real careful who they pick to ref these games, these big, important national games, because they don't want to get
1: embarrassed. Yeah,
4: Let's get the guy who was betting. Pay hey, no attention to the fact that it's me, Tim Donaghy, saying this. You think he slipped yeah. out,
1: like as the fight was going on, like All right, the black is a little bit too hot for me per se. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, number out.
3: No, I think he, I think he bet the go. under that
4: night. Yeah, he right. probably did
3: bet the under. He's trying to
4: keep the score down. I think that if there's a hero in this documentary, for me, it would either be Ron Artest, and I want to get more. I want to get to that more later, or the prosecutor. Uh, I think it's Dave Gorsica that shines such a light on the fact that he, I feel like cut right through everything and told you what's justice in this what's right, what's wrong, what these fans did. Here's clear examples of what's wrong by legal definition. And here's why Jermaine O'Neal, for the, for example, uh, didn't do anything wrong. And here's why Ron Artest, when he punched that guy on the court was fully within his rights to do so.
0: I think we, we've talked about it on the pod before about these athlete fan interactions in 2021, 20, 2020. 20, and it's like your hundred dollars does not give you the right to act a damn fool. Your hundred dollars to sit in whatever seats you're sitting in gives you the right to watch the game. yeah, And that's it. Like you don't have a right to say whatever you want to anybody. You don't have the right to to do whatever you want to throw things. None of that is included in your hundred dollars that you paid for your ticket. So the the expectation that those people had, where it's like, like that Charlie A's dude was like, they they disrespected
4: a loyal fan. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Nobody cares about all that. He also said Jermaine O'Neal sucker punched him and called it a bleep move, which uh, I find interesting from. His perspective, considering what he did coming onto the court,
0: Jermaine O'Neal should have. I
4: wish he hadn't slipped and jabbed that dude. <laughs> me too. There were Reggie Miller said that his his slip on that sweat or drink or whatever it was on the court mm-hmm. saved a life that day. <laughs> He's because he, Jermaine O'Neal would have ended that man.
3: Yeah, and he and he deserved it. And like that's what I think. Like even with it, that's what to me is is so interesting that if you look at all of the people that are involved in telling the story. There is introspection and reflection on it. And in some yes. cases, you see the actual growth. The the fan dude, there's no introspection. There's no, Charlie. you know what? Maybe I was yes. wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that like that was ridiculous. Like, what was I thinking? If I had it to do over again, I wouldn't do it. There was none of that. There just continued to be this brazen, yes. um. Uh, my way is the right way, which is one of the biggest problems that we have in the Republic right now, where there isn't this opportunity to really look at our own actions and say, what, what did our actions begat? And, and you can see what the actions did. And it just, it's so frustrating because we run into it, we see it up close because this is what we do for a living. The level of entitlement that goes on like Russ is saying with the, the $100 ticket, the $25 ticket, the $9 ticket. Yeah. We see it. We, we see it or earlier this year with people in Atlanta in the playoffs. Oh, well, you know, we paid $3,000 for this ticket. That doesn't mean you get to spit on people or throw your drinks on people. And, and if you want those things, you can get them like, if you legitimately want to spend $3,000 to spend on somebody, there are services for you. <laughs> you, you can find a place <laughs> to do, to it do all of those things if you want to do yeah. with their consent. That's but right. uh, there is a level of disrespect that is, is given to our athletes and particularly athletes of color that it just it feels icky. And like yeah. Russ pointed out, where you he see over and over again the way that our colleagues talked about this where yeah. thug thug life thug mentality we got to drive this thug thing and then there's a a basic dictatorship by commissioner stern where he just he took a a, a big the nba and basketball in particular took a big blow with the Dress code and what the dress
4: code was saying,
1: mm-hmm.
4: what it symbolized.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and Lawrence, and right before you go deeper into that point, I think this is why this documentary, for me, didn't hit as hard as I thought it was going to. Is because the only way they were going to get that footage is working with the NBA, and I'm assuming the only way to work with the NBA, you can't speak on the NBA in in an objective point of view that. David Stern railroaded without actually going. If they had, they had all this evidence. They saw what, but it didn't matter because guess who pays for the tickets? You can't have the black athlete punch the white fan. Not in that league. Not in his league. Um, and I think that was ex- just looked over, and if it, it felt weird, it was like they would get right up into the right up into the cliff but wouldn't actually discuss that angle of this entire thing, which I think isn't the the fan athlete interaction. There's, there's an underlining theme underneath it that they didn't hit. And it's the, the white fan on the black athlete that I think that they didn't discuss that I thought needed to be discussed. And that's, they left a lot on the table for me on that. So it was, for me, outside of the kind of the, the Ron Artest, um mental health angle, that was the, really the only in-depth part that I enjoyed about it. Like, it, that was the only thing for me. That's interesting that you say that, Tony, because I think that you're
3: right. I And I think that because of what we do, maybe we're more attuned to it. I thought that their storytelling device was effective in – leaving you all the breadcrumbs they they gave you all the breadcrumbs and they were all the
4: pieces to the puzzle right there
3: why why and you're sitting there going like just even the language aspect of it they hit you over the head with it they hit you over the head with the word thug throughout this entire thing and then you have like jermaine o'neal sitting there explaining to you like this is not who i am this is the anti-thug
4: jermaine o'neal like th- th- I mean, Jermaine this is, O'Neal is like as clean cut and straight laced. Talk about a guy that did everything right all the time.
3: Right. And, and even with the league, like they walked you up to, well, I mean, even with the, 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 the soundbite of Stern saying, you know, it was one of one
0: yep. Yeah, unanimous like, vote one zero. Unanimous, one zero. Yes. To show like, Hey, I made this decision. This wasn't nobody, but mine. And I still, so I think to Lawrence's point, it did a good job of saying, Hey, one person made this decision, what right or wrong, and him not being alive to speak on that right I think that leaves a lot of this open and is unfortunate because I think that would have been a good addition to it. but I do think without that, they did a good job of explaining it in a way where having the news clips from different news but they newspapers. Didn't, but, but that's
1: my thing. they didn't explain it. They but let I us up they, they, they showed us they showed us the food and told us we couldn't eat it. That's what it felt like to me. It's like it was, if you're going to if you're going to reference it, like you got to dive into it. It's right there to be discussed, and they just didn't do it. I'm personally, I'm just like I think
0: I understand what you're saying, but I think letting you you you're hoping that the people that watch your doc are smart enough to understand where you're going, and I think they did a good job with that. And so like the four of us all know where they're going with that. Um, and I think most of the people who watch that doc will also understand that,
4: but I get you. I think when you bring up the point of David Stern, I wonder, you know, if there's coincidence to when this came out, this may not have been a documentary that they would have been able to get cooperation from the NBA on to make two years ago. Yeah. That's shit, life in my well house. Shit. I'm sure. I'm sure it's one of the neighborhood kids dropping by <laughs> and, that's, a, that's a regular. That's a few times a day. Um, Ron Artest, in particular, I thought was amazing in the movie, in the documentary. And I thought that his intelligence, how articulate he is, how self-aware he is, that he can take all these complex thoughts and explain them to you. And it truly makes you understand him better and think differently about things that happened. For example, him laying down on the scorers table that at the time, to me, I was actually watching this game when it happened. I was watching Pacers uh, Pistons in a dorm when it was happening. And all of a sudden you see this fight going on. It's so startling to see. But you see him lay down on the scorers table and you're like, what is he doing? He's provoking. And then you hear him explain it 17 years later. And he's like, no, I was in therapy, man. I'm trying. I have trouble with my emotions. I don't have control over these things. I was using a technique that the therapist and my psychologist taught me about kind of just stepping back, taking a break, counting to five, being like, hey, I got Steven Jackson here. I got Jermaine O'Neal here. I don't need to be involved in this. Doing like everything that you would, textbook of what you'd want someone to do in that situation.
0: And, and I think well, there's a documentary about Ron that came out 2019, I believe. It's great. And it dives even further into who he is and some of the things he's he's gone through. And I think the the cool part about talking Ron has had this image about him, his entire career. You know, it's like, yo, that dude is wild. He's weird. He's all this these labels. And there's something that Reggie Miller says, almost in the beginning of the doc. He was just like, Ron is different, and different doesn't necessarily mean weird, yes. right? And you have to adjust to that. And the league fans, what, whoever nobody adjusted to who Ron was really other than yeah. the president of the Pistons at the time who was just like, yo, if we bring him in That's having it. Reggie there, having J O there, and then him having the therapist, I, all those things, yeah. you know, kind of helped to keep him calm to a certain degree. Um, and then that situation seemed like everything was working, everything that they had put together, put in place, He was going through like, all right, I got to step back. I have to take five and really give me myself more time to think about what I'm going to do here. And had that cup not been thrown, as they talked about, like that situation dissolves. Right, right? Guys get heated and and push each other and shove each other all the time. Like it's not a big piece of history like it
4: was. That cup doesn't hit him directly in the chest. Like what a throw, by the way, Um, not to compliment that guy too much, but a direct hit. Um, That's what I mean when I say that Ron Artest was so articulate in the movie is that I don't know that he would have been able to explain all these things at the time about what was going on inside him, but he is so um, comfortable with that or, or or at ease or has learned so much about himself that he's able to take what is obviously a very complicated thing internally for him and articulate it in a way that then you understand exactly what he's going through in those moments. And it totally changed uh, how I thought about him. I got to tell you that one of the things that made my blood boil, and I remember
3: feeling this way when it happened live, when he wins the title, with LA, he's being interviewed yeah. with the you know with the Lakers, he's talking about all of this stuff, and I forgot who was who the analyst was. Steve it Smith. Me, I, it made me really mad that Steve Smith. In the moment, was like, let's get off of that. Yeah, and he was pouring his
0: heart out. Yeah, <laughs> he
3: probably. And he his might, defense, he probably oh, so thought he was oh, what does it him. feel like to?
0: Yeah, it was all yeah. I probably thought he was, he was like such a,
3: Yeah, I, I know that he he did, but I I'm don't sure think he that, well. he, that Ron didn't really need the help like that. He, like that moment of emotional maturity and reflection, is impressive. Yeah, like is. you want to talk about growth. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is on display where he should be as happy as he's ever been playing mm-hmm. basketball. And even in that moment, he's like, I feel like I, screwed. Screwed. <laughs> I, I screwed things up for right. other people. Reggie Miller should have a ring. Jermaine O'Neill should have a ring. And I messed it up. Me. And yep. I'm the one who gets to celebrate this. And and Steve Smith, like running away from that and, and doing like the perfunctory. Sportsy thing of right. Well, let's get into talking about what happened. It was too complicated for them. I I just thought it was whack. Like, just and I remember like watching it live at the moment and going, here's someone who's giving you a true glimpse inside their soul. Mm. And you can't wait to talk about some bullshit X and O's.
4: Right. By the way, he did not mention Reggie Miller in that. No, you're right. He did not. He listed everybody. he I listed he Steven Jackson, Jermaine it. O'Neal, the coach, yeah. the GM, the Water Boys. Yeah, he was in, he was right at the edge
0: and then got asked a different question. Never mentioned Reggie yeah. Miller. I think that is that was the, hilarious,
4: by the way. Their dynamic in
0: the movie. That is the coolest. I think that is the coolest part of the entire doc is that clip of him going through and recalling, like, look, I checked out on those dudes and asked out, and that's yeah. not fair. And yeah. all these dudes should have a title, and I'm here celebrating. I think that's that almost like wraps the whole thing in a bow. Yeah. You know, to be honest. And I the, the fact that a lot of these guys still live with that even though it's 17 years ago, like Jermaine O'Neal still talks about how you know, it's it was, it was really hard for him to get over that until they blew the building up,
1: right? No, it's uh I think you know it's funny like when people think of Ron Artest they think of Dennis Rodman and they kind of joined those two. I was, you know, they both ended up playing for the bulls, which is weird, but I felt like Ron knew before anybody else knew those breaks, going to the source awards, um, going, going like I find knowing within himself that something is wrong. Yeah. Telling people something is wrong, showing people something is wrong and nobody believing him. Yeah. You know, or, or at least in only in part, believing him, like, for Jermaine and and Stephen Jackson and the rest of the Pacers to say he had a psychiatrist with him at all times, you wouldn't like think about that, like as, as a teammate, like no something's wrong with Ron, like or as, as the or team as questions right about what is really going on with Ron Artest that he has to have this person with him. What is he noticing about himself? that he is open to whatever help that I can get. I want to be better for this team. And then everybody else around him is just focus on the basketball, focus on the basketball. When there's an obvious sign and cry that I need some assistance here. Yeah,
3: Yeah, but I think, Tony, that's a really difficult thing inside of that world. And it's becoming more prevalent now where people understand it better. But I still don't think that even 17 years later, if you had a player like this that struggled with some aspect of mental health, the answer is always, in the sport that Jason and I cover, football, it's always turn to the book, turn to your playbook, turn to your brothers inside your locker room, mm-hmm. turn to your coach, work harder, focus here on the 24/7. task at hand, right? It's always that instead of trying to figure out how to better connect. And that's where I I appreciated, and clearly like Jermaine O'Neal is still mad about some of this stuff, but you can see like him understanding it better now. And Reggie Miller, I thought did a great job of illustrating how it was, well, you have to figure out a way to connect with all these people. And you have to try and put everyone in the best possible position. And how do you be about the winning? How do you be about ball and try to take care of your brothers that are there with you inside the locker room? I don't think that there are a lot of spaces in sports right now in in 2021 where people get that. And we had an example of it a few weeks ago where Simone Biles is explaining to people the physical jeopardy she is putting herself in when she is dealing with not knowing where she is in the air. And there are still people that are like, ah, you you gave up on your team and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. Like it's, it's a frustrating thing. I'm glad that at the time Ron was self-aware enough to know that he needed stability and support in a way that he wasn't getting it from the structure of team sports, professional team sports that it wasn't there. And he had to go outside of it sidebar on this. I know we've been like super serious about this subject. I think as I was watching this, this documentary, which I think is really good. There's another doc in there. There's a pod in there Mm -hmm. on that bulls team after Jordan and Pippen. Because that's where these guys came from, where you have Mercer and Jalen Rose and Artest and Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. I know there have been a lot of stuff like in in print about it. I am fascinated, even having lived through it. Yeah. I'd love for there to be people speaking on the record. I'd love to hear from Tyson Chandler on this subject, on what it was like, that vacuum of four years where... Everything changed for the Bulls as a franchise, and it was just the worst basketball that you've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's just terrible, and, and everyone wanted out of there. There's a there's a, a story. There there's a you Tony. You might have to edit this. Like after I say it, I might not allow you to run it. But there there's a a story about Ron Artest the Bull, where half were, you know it, let's Russ. go. <laughs> That things were going bad for the Bulls. They weren't playing well. Ron got upset. At halftime, he was saying that they needed to be more manly. And he took his clothes off in the middle of the locker room and said, this is what a man looks like. And so, like, to me, there are all sorts of stories that could be told and shared from that era of, of Bulls basketball. And you wouldn't think. That following a, a historically losing team would be interesting, but I think there is something to hearing the stories of Cornell David and you know, like all this dumb stuff that they were doing, trying to figure out how to 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 try and sustain some level of winning and give Jerry Krause the the team that he always wanted to create.
0: We're gonna look back on. Yeah, mental health is still a very new subject in sports. We're going to look back in 20 years and Ron Artest is going to be one of the first people like that's, that's where this thing really got ignited. Yeah. Because people didn't, his own team, the team that hired the psychiatrist for him did not know how to handle Ron Artest
4: yeah. and his mental health. If you're listening to this, like if you don't even like basketball, Watch this documentary for that. Watch this documentary for what Ron Artest goes through at the time, which they depict very clearly, and then how he helps you understand that later. I thought honestly, I thought that was beautiful. Like I felt happy for Ron Artest that he's in a place where he can relate relay that to you now. I agree.
0: Last thing I'll say on this, the funniest part of the doc, and I'd heard the story before. Is Ron Artis coming into the locker room and telling Jermaine O'Neal you think we're gonna get in trouble?
3: Yeah. So so you in, think someone's
0: in, gonna be mad about
3: this? In in that moment, I was Jermaine O'Neal.
0: <laughs> I will throw you across this room right now. What? Yes. In
3: in that moment, because I know that my reaction would have been to lunge
1: at him. Yeah. That sounds like a question I would ask. Oh that's no, exactly
4: it's not. Why no, I was no, 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 it's not. Do you know what Tony would have said? Tony would have leaned over. You'd be sitting next to him, Russ. Uh, Tony, this is like a microcosm of what happens here on our podcast every week, Lawrence. Tony would lean over to Russ and go like, I think we're fine.
0: And I would choke Tony.
4: Exactly. That's why, I mean, you
3: know, you just know. There, I felt Jermaine O'Neal like <laughs> in my soul.
4: Russ, I, I was think- like. I think they could make a documentary about these Pacers teams. I knew that these teams were good, but I didn't realize they were this interesting. Like the 03 to 05 Pacers, these Ooh. these two seasons, basically, that they chronicle in this movie. You have Reggie Miller hanging on for dear life, trying to win a championship in this place where he's been for 18 years. You have Jermaine O'Neal coming into his own as a player, as this guy who has fought through everything to get where he is, even including once he got to the pros, had to fight through all uh, everything working against them in Portland. You add Steven Jackson to the mix, which he is the comic relief of the entire documentary. He's yes. hilarious. He, Bird, he's great. Steven Jackson goes to the Pacers. They're interviewing him like on his, it looks like it's on his way walking into the building, Russ. And they're talking about, Hey, a lot of pressure, man. Everybody's, you know, the Pacers are a favorite to win it all. And Steven Jackson goes at the time I make love to pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw in all these, you throw in uh, Jamal Tinsley who,
2: he, he didn't get a enough. little
4: bit of a sideswipe in this He didn't get, get enough goal. blame. Yeah, yeah. you find out that Jamal Tim's Now leans. you can get your foul. He leans <laughs> in to run our test and essentially says, hey, there's 40 seconds left. Like, go ahead, do some crazy bleep. Go nuts. Yeah, go and ahead and, 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 and go get Ben Wallace. This whose team, brother had
0: passed away.
4: Yeah, nobody knew that. That came out in the movie. Uh, but this team had won 61 games the year before and then gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then added, and then comes into the next year as a favorite and completely falls apart after this. They're 7-2 is- and two after they beat the defending champions. They go 500 the rest of the way, and the Pacers aren't good, Russ, for like another decade. There, there's a documentary just about these dynamics with these guys.
0: That moment, yeah. that event ended Reggie Miller's career. Like it ended the Pacers for 10 years. You, you heard Reggie, Reggie say, like, yeah, I, I got to them this season, and I'm like, I'm too old for I'm this shit.
3: <laughs> he straight up pulled the Danny Glover and was like, I'm completely done with this nonsense right here.
0: All four of us are interested in content creation. And that's what OnlyFans is for. That's, that's a where, broad term. That's where they look. It's content is content, man.
3: Oh, it's content creation. Actually, like one of the One of the downsides of this is and I know it's not something that necessarily affects us, but this was a way that people who work in the sex industry Mm -hmm. were able to get paid Mm -hmm. because if, if you look at the way that adult films are made, the pay structure is not conducive to what they are putting themselves in the middle of and the, what it ends up like, not everyone can be Maitland Ward who was, you know, mainstream actress who's now transitioned into like, it's so weird. I flipped on the TV the other night and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Maitland Ward was in white girls. And now like, she's maybe the biggest adult star in the world right now, which is also strange because she's in her mid 40s and the shelf life is usually not great. So OnlyFans was an opportunity for people to monetize themselves on their own for what they do in the sex industry. And with some of these new guidelines that are coming down, like it, it's a hell of a blow to that industry and people in that industry that were getting supplemental income out of it. And and it's it's interesting that that's that they chose to do it that way, um, and and you know there there's there's something that's a bit discriminatory to it. I completely get people being frustrated by it.
0: For everybody who who is unaware, so OnlyFans content content creation uh, website application, uh, a place where, as Lawrence alluded to, like sex work was, uh, it gave people a safe space. Right. Uh, to create content in the sex work industry and for people to be able to monetize off of that. Now, OnlyFans was a content creation platform before sexualized content moved over there. But that's really where OnlyFans kind of exploded over the last two to three years. Ooh. And they've made a lot of money off of that yeah. uh, and and sex work and getting their percentage off of that. Um, and this week they, they announced that they are banning sexually ex- explicit content starting on. October 1st. So, um, sex work content of that nature will not be allowed on that form anymore. And it's, there's been a lot of blowback, um, because according to according to the, what they listed this week, their financial partners are not aligned with the content that's being created on their platform, uh, and money talks. And as we know, in all areas of life, like if it's not lining up with the financials, Something has to change. So OnlyFans decided, look, we know this is where our bread is buttered. But if JP Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo and, and Venmo and Cash App and all these other places where, you know, where we get our income from, our revenue from, are saying, yo, cool with y'all being uh, sex positive and you know, sex pro sex work, but yeah, y'all can't have people busting it open on on your platform if you still want us to be involved in it. And OnlyFans made a decision and said, yo, we're, we're out of the sex work business.
4: Russ, what you explained to me when this came up uh, the first time is that there really isn't any other use for this. I don't think that like maybe a celebrity couple will have an OnlyFans that they use to like give you a look inside their lives, like, you know, how they uh, cook a bunt cake or whatever. I mean, there's a couple that the three of us know
0: that have a, a that.
4: Uh, OnlyFans account for that reason. But the main Um, reason that that site, that that is a site or an app or both, the main main reason that exists is not for that. No, it it
0: was, it definitely got popularized by sex work. And so now they kind of, to me, they screwed themselves because the market for that, and you, you talk about revenue that had been generated from that. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're allowing a, a, a space for people who don't haven't necessarily had a space to operate now have one and it's brought promotion to not only your application and your platform, but it's, it's given people a, a different outlook on sex work. And so now if I'm an investor, I look at Patreon and say, yo, that's where we need to start investing because all these people who will now have to change platforms will probably look at Patreon and be like, all right, this is our next move.
4: Yeah. Lawrence won't something just replace it. Wanted there just be like um, fans exclusively or something like that?
3: Yeah, something, I mean, a, a, a smart developer would probably jump in there, and I agree with Russ that, like, it, there should be some places that are going, aha, here's an opportunity for us. I mean, I want Tony to show more shoulder on <laughs> this thing. Like, he needs to be showing more shoulder. on, uh, Tony. Lawrence, we
4: just Come had on, a big, both. please, you're, you're, like, so not helping, man. You're <laughs> just, like, leaving these little messes, and then you walk away at the end of this. Me and Russ <laughs> have to keep doing this show for, like, years and years and years with him. And, like, we just had a huge conversation about this last week about proper attire for Zoom calls. So, please, can you not uh, make things more difficult for us? All
3: right, my bad. I mean to do that and make it hard. But, yeah, there, I do think there are other places. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tony, you're an idiot, mind. Tony. Stop. <laughs> you're an idiot. That was bad. I'm sorry. But, but I, I think that whether it's Patreon or there'll be some sort of offshoot of YouTube that, allows for, or maybe what we end up seeing is a market correction with only fans. And that they'll go, Ooh, whomever the the advertisers are, like we thought that it was going to be enough to cover the absence of the money that we're making (laughs) off of sex work. And then three months from now they do an about face and go, you know what, let's get back to our roots and allow people to create without us really having too much of a say in what it is they're creating
4: you guys like this boardroom meeting scene that you're painting where they go "Ooh, wait a minute we 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 liked
1: making money you guys do you guys think uh the government may have gotten involved in their decision like come on guys like it's not legal everywhere in america yeah Yeah, thanks biden
0: microchips for me personally i just think there's even in the government aspect, there's too money, too much money moving, right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna get theirs. So I think they would be like, look, look what happened with weed. As soon as they figured out how they were able to tax weed and make money off it, oh weed, oh yep, go ahead, legalize, have um, you know, dispensaries all over any every corner and every major. Sh-. Like, as long as you can monetize it people
4: don't care that has replaced hair plugs as the dominant billboard in chicago now dispensaries yeah mm-hmm. yeah i jason i i a couple months
0: ago when we first talked about only fans when i was telling you what it was yes i yes. said we should use some of our show funds to have yes. to get an, an, an only fans account for market research but you kind of uh Kind
4: of yeah, up. you know that was a another uh, that was a unanimous vote on the expenses, one to nothing on that. We're not expensing an OnlyFans subscription, Russ.
0: The problem is there are two of us in charge of uh Sports Adjacent LLC, so we might have to. Well, we can't revisit now because I don't think there's enough market research we
1: can do before October first. But <laughs> you know, what like the the I didn't mind OnlyFans. I mean, people were creating content, right? But. The thing that got me was like, I think OnlyFans may need. To, well, I don't even know if they can do anything legally, but it just felt really creepy was when bad baby turned 18 and instantly got a million dollars by having an OnlyFans. Like, that was the creepiest news I had ever seen, like in a long time. Well, that- Tony, here's
3: the thing. <laughs> Everything goes in cycles. And mm-hmm. this happened when you were younger with the Olsen twins where there were all sorts of sites that were having countdown clocks to when the Olsen twins were going to turn 18. So this is, this has been a lecherous kind of creepy way that young girls have been sexualized for a really long time in media capital M. Um, Same thing with Britney Spears. Like it's, but the, the Olsen twins is the, the, The best, like apples to apples, example of this, where there are plenty of of what you would consider now like reputable sites that were at the time hosting these, you know, these countdown clocks for when the Olsen twins turn eighteen.
1: That's weird. It's weird and it's creepy. But I mean, it's it's weird and, and must be very profitable you know for from the only fans side of things if if you want to just say hey forget it we're all about the money here just leave only fans alone like what what are they trying to do i think the money's going to win out eventually
3: the money almost always wins out in the end and that's what will be interesting to see how this is going to change like i think i'm laughing so hard about you know how this played out publicly with the Rachel Dolezal stuff, man. Like that, <laughs> that should have me dying, where I'm like, why is Rachel Dolezal trending? And I'm like, I'm afraid- To click on the trend. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid- You have those days, to man. It. Like, I don't wanna even click. Like, cause I just don't need to be bombarded <laughs> with some of this stuff that I'ma have to go through reading about the Rachel Dolezal and what it is that she's out here doing. And then I was like, no way. Rachel Dolezal is out here saying she want to show her feet.
4: Oh, Look. oh she threw fan. that in though. She threw that in. She was going to do something else. And then, by the way, she, yeah, so, and it was, I'm going to, you can get to see me do some squats. know,
3: <laughs> other tasteful pics. yo. She said, yeah.
0: Rachel was really trying to say, yo, busting it up in her own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And y'all can get it. So Rachel Dolezal Most people should know who that is, but. Oh, I think people know. Yeah. White lady who came, uh, like, tried to say she was black and got ousted um by her parents
3: there's right a documentary
4: <laughs> there's a documentary on her on Netflix too if completely
3: appropriated black culture <laughs> and identity and I mean even when confronted with the truth of hey we're your parents we should know where you came from <laughs> and we be white as hell but keep out go out here lying and and taking spaces from black women. They hired her at Howard.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, this is a list that she put on her IG the other day when she was and she announced that she had gotten approved for OnlyFans. So, Monday motivation. So you have to have get, to get approved. approved? Yeah, you can't just roll up on OnlyFans. Like, it's a process. Same
3: thing with like YouTube, where you have, right. to, have to go through. Or like
0: it. when we started our podcast and we had to get approved. Um, okay. what was so her announcement her, first? her monday motivation which would be gym fitness squats and other stuff sure <laughs> <laughs> what's so funny about that other stuff means bussing it open allegedly well, yeah, but it niggly. could be it, it, it leaves the door open for interpretation um wednesday workout day hair care share conversations with clients, hair which, tutorials. Which,
3: which is a really bad thing considering Very. the the appropriation of black culture that she is famous for.
0: Absolutely. Friday Unwind. I bring art, you bring wine and drinks, and watch me
4: create and discuss the art. I she's probably talking about painting though, because I think she paints. Sure. Sure she I did. It was in the documentary. I mean
0: art is a uh, you know is open for interpretation too.
4: No, but I think if you're expecting an open into interpretation version of art, you're going to be disappointed because it's going to be literally paintings, I believe.
3: He, is he does paintings. Baby, that's nah, it's, it's going
4: to be cracking over there
0: on Friday on one. Um, other random things like foot pics posted me using stuff people buy from my Amazon wishlist. Listen, we don't know what's on that wishlist. Um, makeup tutorials because uh causes I care about or maybe random tasteful other pics with the kiss emoji. So Rachel said, "You know what? It's money moving on OnlyFans, and y'all gonna get th- these feet." <laughs> and so unfortunately for her, I don't. I think that stuff will still be allowed on OnlyFans after October first. Like, oh, good for everybody who's in the Rachel Dolezal all market. Yeah, um yeah. baseball picks. Yeah, I'll tell you what. How about this, Russ? I'll, I'll sign. Picks, I'll, yeah.
4: I'll sign your expense report for an OnlyFans subscription, but you got to check out that too. That has to be the only thing that I. All right. Rachel Dolezal. I gotta bite the bullet and subscribe to Rachel Dolezal. you can thing. pick one thing. You no no no. You can pick one thing that you want, but then you also gotta pick that. Next week on Sports Adjacent. All right, let's see. It's
0: August. It's gonna be August uh, 26 when this comes out. That gives me a month of market research before they change their policy. So we'll have to revisit this maybe.
1: Russ, you said you uh, you Maybe took me. an L recently.
4: <laughs> what was that's that? The, well, that's in the news. Are uh, we going to talk about it? No, we don't. have I didn't have it. In the news. We can. Tony came on here
0: to talk about uh, L he took in his dating life, so I can talk about mine. I can talk big. about mine. Uh, it happened when I was 15. Is that the last time you like dated somebody that wasn't
4: Ashley? No. 2020. Mm. 20. Twenty.
0: You're, you're the a last time you dated it. somebody, was one Ashley was in twenty twenty. No, no, no. You're wilding. No, no, no. no. Oh. You got it. That's what it sounded like. You just put that on the podcast. <laughs> this yeah. isn't the podcast. Yeah, that's right.
4: Yeah. <laughs> just uh, you know, like to have some contingency plans going in case things don't work out here. Uh, <laughs> no, age twenty. Ashley, we love you. By the way. Um, yeah, Tony. Not listening to our segment breaks. <laughs> this ain't a
0: segment break. This is going in there because I'm about to tell Tony the story of the L I took. <laughs> So, um, I got, I was texting, I was seeing this young lady and I texted her the other day Mm -hmm. and I was just like, yo, um, because my days off a few, like very sporadic when I have one, like I try to make most of it. I'm like, yo, I'm off this weekend, um, and got some time if you want to like
4: hang. And she goes. Let's have Tony give the annotations on this
0: thing <laughs> so in goes, a biblical
4: sense, as Tony likes to say.
0: No, I was it's really just let, hanging out and having a fun evening with a nice young lady that I enjoy spending time with. Right. And so she texts me back and was like, yo, glad you get some time off. Listen, comma. So anytime you get listen, comma. It's never a good thing. No, whatever follows is going to be rough, probably. So she goes, I've had so much fun with you, had a great time.
4: There's a butt coming. But
0: I don't feel a connection with you. Wow. Um, And part of that is because you not being here, we don't get to spend time together. Mm. But I think you're awesome. I'm sorry, right? And so you look at the tech, you get that like, honestly, that's an adult response. Right. And I would, I want that from somebody like it's super adult. adult. And like, that's I'm, I'm about that. And so after your ego get bruised for 30 seconds, I was like, yo, I appreciate you telling me. Um, and I, I totally respect that. And look, if, if we're not meant to like connect it's, it's all good. Like it's fine. I think you're awesome. Wish you nothing but the best. Right. Um, so yeah, that was the semi L that I took. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, but yeah, there you go, Tony. Couldn't letting you be the only one tell a story about you not getting a third date. Well, you didn't get the second date, but uh, not getting <laughs> me not getting a third date with this young
1: lady. What a time! That was time for DC Comics segment we call.
4: Is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay.
0: So, are none of y'all prepared? I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lawrence. You got it.
3: Alright, um, let's talk about DC movies for a second.
0: Because, Ooh. um, yo,
3: I watched The Suicide Squad and, uh,
0: the first one or the second one? The second one. Okay.
3: Um, there are some good moments in it, and there are some really good performances in it. It was a hot mess. It's Ooh. an absolute hot mess. And and I don't want to go too deep into the, the actual like review of the movie, okay. but I'll just say to DC... I don't understand how they think that they're going. They can't make up their mind between we want the movies to be incredibly serious. Martha. Wait a minute. Your mom's name is Martha too. (laughs) Did we just become best friends? We totally did. They can't make up their mind between doing that and doing the all shit. They got Deadpool. So we have to do this Suicide Squad movie and make it like Deadpool. And you have Margot Robbie. You have Margot Robbie. And you're like, no, nah, we don't need her as much in this movie. What are you doing? That's the
0: Margot Robbie.
3: Right. You got Margot Robbie and Idris Elba. And you were like, you know what we should do? We should give some camera time to Pete Davidson. That's what we should do <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and give the people more John Cena. Cause that's what they really want. Um. Meanwhile, Marvel's is out here like living. They're like, we're going to do everything. We got all the TV shows that we put together. We're getting ready for our, our next generation of movies. Like that's where, like, I'm sure the people at DC are like, everything's fine. No, everything's totally fine over here as Marvel has built an empire that is now in phase four of their strategic plan that started in 2009. DC can't even get their main characters, vehicles that people care about. They can't win with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. They can't win with that. And Mm -hmm. I know there's going to be the people that listen to the Sports Adjacent podcast, and they're going to be like, Lawrence is a damn hater. Do you understand (laughs) that my favorite favorite comic book character ever, ever is Green Lantern? I thought it was Captain America. Cap was my dude, but I'm a Green Lantern, Green Lantern 4 guy. And they have this incredible thing that they could do, but they messed it up so bad. With the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, they can, they can almost never go back to it. It's like the Fantastic Four is for Marvel. They had kind of kept trying and it didn't work. And then they pulled the plug, although I do think it's going to be back inside of Phase 4. But it just, I was wanted to love the Suicide Squad. I wanted to love it. And then I turned it on and I was like, man, I'm looking at my watch going, is this over yet? Are we done with this and they keep throwing this mess out here and thinking that everything is cool and it ain't cool at all really grinds your gears. Doesn't
4: it? It does. <laughs> it really does grind my gears. I got another one if you want. Well, I want to, I want to come back to that in a minute, but I, Tony had no response to Russ bearing his soul out here. Like, <laughs> no, all right, relax. I mean, <laughs> very much okay. But Tony, let me let me just teach you Maybe something quickly about far, Jason. It's let me t- <laughs> let me teach you something about um, podcasts and radio shows is mm-hmm. when you mention someone else on the show's name mm-hmm. while you're talking, it's kind of like a cue to them to talk next. So when he's saying this is yeah, what you could have followed
1: up at any time,
4: he's kind of leaving it for you to respond to. And uh, you instead you pressed your fun button.
1: Yeah, uh, I I assume when I had autonomy over the fun button that I can press it wherever I want. Was it was I was I lied to <laughs> on that?
0: He's not wrong, Jason, because you you gave him that. I we didn't vote on that, and we probably should have, because I would have voted no. Hit it but again. Yeah, Tony, you you and, and feel free to follow up. Like, oh okay.
4: That
1: was <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. time for a Chicago Bears segment. We call. Oh!
4: Fine. I'm okay with the events
1: that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay.
2: Hey,
0: Things are gonna be okay. Where Russ
4: learns that Tony is more producer than friend in
0: his life. I mean, clearly. Clearly. It's like, yo, friend, hey, talk about this situation that happened to you. And now I'm screw your situation because I'm gonna play everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, let's play the circus music over Russ's story. You know? I'm not writing his check this month. Just, just from that alone. So, wasn't there
3: supposed to be some sort of debit system?
0: Oh, there's a fine. Yeah, that's fifteen cents off your check. Buddy.
3: Is Tony over there eating Jimmy's shots?
0: Yeah, Tony's just, just eating a giant. That. So that adds to the. So, so you're eating during our recording on our audio platform. You can't even talk, we Lawrence. Do you have an another platform? You know, what? You I another. Know. Everything's fine. Let's do this. We're not. We're not going to we're going to ignore. Everything's fine. We're going to come back to it because he can't be eating and then expect us to do the work while he's eating.
3: The best, the best part, the best part about this. And I know that we run the risk of of him choking and dying while we're talking. <laughs> it it. Happens. Like This this isn't Tony taking a sip of water or a bite. Of a piece of candy, he pulled out. A
0: it's a, of a of big a ass sandwich, sandwich in his hand. Oh, it's the man. size of his twelve-inch sandwich that he yeah. just pulled out.
3: A full <laughs> sandwich, like not like not even sheepishly taking a bite. Big out of ass one. bites. <laughs>
0: it's like I'm waiting for him to open up chips and eat it. Like he looks like Joey Chestnut no, mid-competition taking that bite. No, it, we're it, we're not doing everything's fine. We're gonna ignore him. So whatever we're gonna get to next, we're gonna go through it. it
3: so ridiculous it's so like the only thing that that I can think of while Tony is doing that and I I don't mean this to diss, especially with Labor Day coming up it's it is the stereotype of the union worker whoa 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 what he just and I are both union workers (laughs) I know I I too am in a union easy this is the stereotype of the we on break and when we break, we break. That's Tony. Not... Just in the middle of the show,
4: doesn't care at all. Here's a giant sandwich. Yeah, you don't I... have to smear all unions with that. Jason, you can just say that's a Tony. That's a stereotypical Jason, Tony know, movie. Funny,
0: The funniest thing. I forgot we were in a union until you just said it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> aren't you guys technically in a guild? Yeah, no, a, no, the news news guild. Union,
0: I think. But isn't the, the aren't they the operate as the same kind of yeah okay but
3: it's just it's so it's so like he basically put the sign up of on break (laughs) by pulling the sandwich i I don't even know if we're doing it justice for people who can't see it so i hope that he makes this a video clip that people can see that tony legitimately Got the Jimmy's chance. Oh, he
4: absolutely will because the way he chooses the video clips are which ones is he the star of <laughs> Can Jason
0: for real? Like you not read everything's fine. Cause I don't want to give him the satisfaction of this moment.
4: I, I'm going to side with you on this one. And uh, let me tell you something, Russ, uh, I will get you a list of finable offenses for next week. Let's get it. That's like my Christmas it's, present for you.
3: It's really ridiculous.
4: It's, Y'all you can't see
0: cause this is an audio platform. He, it, He's holding it with two hands. That's how big this is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, He is has to yours. cradle it like, the way you would there, a said, newborn give child. Biggest, give me the biggest sandwich that <laughs> you have. Yeah. So I can eat it on my audio platform where I have to talk.
3: Russ, you're the hungry. that I can keep thinking is, is that that sandwich has been there for the two hours that we've been talking. It's right? a hot ass sandwich now. Like, it's not even cold. It's hot. Like, it's been sitting there calling Tony's name this entire time. He has been dying to eat this sandwich, and he hasn't had a chance to. And he found – what he did was he found the spot where he could just be like, well, we're going to move on to another subject, and Lawrence has got something for this subject, so I'm going to hit this stupid-ass button, and then I'm going to eat my sandwich.
0: That's what he did. The worst thing – we literally take breaks between segments. (laughs) He (laughs) could (laughs) have been –
4: we have mandatory breaks. We, we have, have breaks, breaks bathroom breaks, water yeah. breaks, whatever, I, for him to do that. You could throw down a couple of bites, we, come back, but no. He ate the sandwich Was like we
3: couldn't see him.
0: Like, like a normal that? a normal person would have hit the stop video on the Zoom, I, <laughs> right. but he was just like no. it
3: was like we can't see <laughs> him
0: unwrapping. He hasn't stopped it eating the it. The biggest He's still eating sandwich
3: it. that Jimmy's Johns has, <laughs> and his bag of chips. What are you
0: drinking? What? What else is? Not what, drinking not anything. He's, He's going to choke to death because he has no drink. Look <laughs> at him. He doesn't even a drink. He's going to kill himself.
3: Yeah, my mind, sandwich. in my mind, Tony has a two-liter
4: somewhere next to him. oh he's looking around in a panic right now lawrence because he's shoveling bread and meatballs in his mouth and he has <laughs> nothing he, to drink he's gonna be
0: he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna be embarrassed because like damn i'm gonna choke to death on this sandwich that yeah. i the middle this podcast and no, so no 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 he'll, no. he'll, think, it's funny.
4: <laughs> he'll <laughs> think it's funny he'll be like this is a great segment i'm gonna make this Yo, a video clip tony's 100 hey, when a i die someone else make this into a video clip tony is 100
0: yeah i died but i died for content so it's cool yeah
1: yeah he would It's struggling right now. Are you okay? Do you have tears coming down your eyes? Look at him. I was hungry, guys. I'm sorry. I was really, really hungry.
0: Yeah, he has crumbs on the corner of his mouth. (laughs) This
1: is my life. This is all time. This is an
0: all time Tony moment. Put this at the top of the podcast, man.
3: Please, this is ridiculous.
0: Jason, let's uh, talk about <laughs> she- Carrie Richardson. Yes, let's. <laughs> we can't even get to it. There's no transition now. I, I don't. I I don't know what we can do here, but we have to salvage this thing somehow. Uh, U.S. sprinter Shikari Richardson uh, competed in her first event, first race since being suspended uh, for marijuana use, um,
4: and let me tell you.
3: Puts Tony. the picture on. Where are you going? Now he puts
4: the picture. Tony off. just turned his camera off, like. So last segment, Russ he eats a sandwich the size of a baby, and this segment he just leaves.
3: What the hell, man?
4: Thanks, Tony. This is
3: how it is every week.
4: Yes. No, this is a little bit worse. He's acting up, you know, just because you're around, I guess. Yeah, he he, cause company. We have company. Yeah, <laughs> so he has company over, and so he wants to act ass in front of company. Look what I can do! I'm trying to be better. better. I'm trying to be better. No, you're not trying. You to have be. a full mouth. Chew first, bro. You have mayonnaise in your mustache right now, and you're <laughs> you small, <laughs> you you while you're your wiping mayonnaise, mayonnaise
3: off mayonnaise your face in your mustache. Yo. Please, please, please. Call this episode mayonnaise in your mustache.
4: I don't. I, okay, <laughs> I don't you guys can you guys can turn this into barstool however you want. He literally has mayonnaise on his mustache, and he's wiping it off while he's screaming. I'm trying to be better.
3: That's <laughs> he's where we're at trying. today. He's not trying to be better.
0: He's, oh, trying, yeah. he's trying to be Tony.
4: So, Robert, Richard, She carry. and then you mispronounce the woman's name. T- thanks,
3: Tony. Couldn't make the sound because his mouth was full of sandwich
2: <laughs>
0: mayonnaise. <laughs> you, <laughs> Jason, just go.
4: I don't know what I don't know where we are. We I don't. carry Richardson raced in the hundred meters and got smoked. Your thoughts, Russ? Um, get it smoked? Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Um, the internet was internet it just blazed by her. Russ, <laughs>
0: that was that was Twitter uh, after the race. Like they were, she was getting. She was going to catch these jokes. And Everybody honestly, already did all this? Yeah. It, it, but it, it was good. Like, they were definitely like, yo, she got smoked like a blunt, all this other yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, stuff to that put we, it bluntly. It's really funny. And look, after after you come in last place, like, you're going to have to cast the jokes for a little bit. Yeah. But in, if we're going to, I'm going to be a little rational here.
1: Okay.
0: It was her first race. She was at her peak at the Olympics and was going to destroy probably the field at the Olympics and she was one of the favorites in the 100 meters. She wasn't going to destroy the field at the Olympics. But she was going to she was probably going to medal, right? Let's say she's going to medal. Cuz the Jama- we know what Jamaica does, right? But her her fastest time
3: that she's ever run in the Olympics would have been fifth, I want to say.
0: But she was on the upwards, she was on an upswing, right? Going into I agree. The I agree with
3: that. I just think that I think that she is a uh um, there's a bit of a her being a product of the hype machine, that leads us to believe that she was just gonna destroy the competition. When
0: clearly those women from Jamaica were quite capable. And and, and I, I think I think took it personally in this race. Like yo, we are gonna show you about your girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
3: I think that that is an accurate way of looking at their approach to this. That they love the fact that they went one, two, three, bro.
0: The she got her boot smoked <laughs> and
3: they, and, and they didn't want he, to hear any excuses like they didn't want to hear any the only reason that we're standing on this podium is because you weren't was, wasn't here right they didn't want to hear none of that stuff because of of how magical their run both literally and figuratively was in tokyo so yeah i think they was ready and and it didn't help I'm all for the confidence. I think that it's important. In some cases, you have to walk it before you talk it before you walk it. I get that. But this was one of those times where she could have could have put herself in a no lose situation saying, I'm happy to be back. I was completely inspired by what those women did in Japan. And I was looking forward to seeing where I'm at after this layoff with this race. That could have been the approach. It could have been, it was a real easy pivot that she could have made, but she didn't. She went full Deion Sanders. Yep. She put (laughs) she put a bullseye on her. And I don't think that that the women from Jamaica even needed the bullseye. Now they're like, oh, it's like that. Oh, we only won because you wasn't there. Cool. Watch this. And the thing is, I thought a lot of media outlets were kind. To Shakari Richardson, in this regard, the way that it was framed was, Sha'Carri Richardson finished ninth. Uh-uh. Sha'Carri Richardson finished last. Ninth out of nine. Right. Correct. She finished last, yeah. and she was far behind. Yeah. Where, where, where the, the the top finishers were, and and the best is some of the the commentating that went on during the race, where it's like. She's nowhere. She, Carrie Richardson's nowhere, you know, at the end of this whole thing where she just got her doors blown off. And, yeah, I think that there is mitigating circumstances. Clearly, she's probably outside of her training routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mental aspect of not being allowed to run at the Olympics, all of that stuff, like, I get it. I, I, I am in support of it. But sometimes you just – have to humble yourself and just let things happen and and get in there and be like okay okay i knowing that you have the skill to compete with these women and then just go do your deal like she i I don't want to say she made herself a villain i think that's too strong of language but she definitely didn't help herself with the post-race interview Mm -hmm. because because Now it's like, well, you weren't on the stage at the Olympics. We put you on the stage here at the Prefontaine and you embarrassed yourself. And now you're out here still talking when, meanwhile, they walking with the immortals. You know, you hear uh, Flojo's name being mentioned with the times. And you take yourself out of the 200. And one one of the women who I want to say finished maybe fifth or sixth in the 100 went on and won the 200. So th- there was precedent for, okay, you didn't win this race, but let's see where you was at. Like, instead of telling us, just wait, just wait till I come back. You had a chance 30 minutes later. Yeah. To show us where you was at and you you decided you didn't want a piece of that.
0: I'm interested to see her next event at her next um, whatever race that she has. because motivation yeah like either this motivates you to perform at your best and get in shape but if you come out and get your muffin cracked again (laughs) i look i think this is a this might be one of those grand opening grand closing situations
4: let's share exactly what she said let's uh let's have tony read the quotes
2: and now tony gill
1: reads ah Lawrence holmes nice to meet you tony gill with glasses how you doing sir just, did wow, just it. you're
0: not a different person. Just
3: read this. Let's see how he reads before we determine whether he still dude. has mayonnaise Right, he go pull he's a Shikari.
1: Quote. Yeah, uh, I just enjoyed a sandwich along with my friend Tony Gill uh, with no glasses. So, is sandwich time. All right, this is what uh, she said. I didn't want to say her name because I forgot it. Shikari.
4: You Forgot
1: the person we were talking about ten seconds ago. Shikari Richardson. Tell me out if you want to. It's like all the you want, cause I'm here to stay. I'm not done. I'm the sixth fastest woman in this game ever, and can't nobody ever take that from me. Congratulations to the winners. Congratulations to the people that won, but they're not done seeing me yet. Period.
0: It's quite the thing to say after you get your boot smoked, but you know it's cool. Um, I'm just interested to to see where she goes from here.
1: No, there's a there's like a nuanced line of that needs to be told with this specifically because people are like, look, if you don't support her in everything that she does, you're not supporting black women. Wrong. And that is absolutely wrong.
0: Cause all um, three women that meddled who were black women. <laughs> right. So, so it's
1: like, are we only supporting black American women? Like what, right. what are we doing here? Right. Like there's also a, a come to Jesus moment that, all right, like for example, when she lost and then she had that interview, you know what my first thought was? Maybe she knew what she was going up against in in the Olympics and then needed it out. Again, conspiracy, theory, stony. This has no merit merit whatsoever, honestly. But that thought did come up like when you're, when you're in that, in that field and you know who are the fast people in the world, you know, if you like, man, I don't know if I got this one. But that's 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 what I'm throwing out there. But I think there is some nuance that that Lawrence is that you guys are towing that is actually the the correct way to view this situation that I wasn't seeing on social media. It was either you support her in all that she does or you hate black women. And I didn't like where those lines were being drawn on social media.
3: Yeah, and I and I get it that people they got their capes for her. Because it sucks. Like, I, I think everyone is, everyone kind of understands where she was. And she would had a family member pass away. She was dealing with that. And it's, while it's against the bylaws, it's not illegal. So people saw an inequity with it. I, I think that there was some false equivalency that was going on with Michael Phelps when they were talking about it. I, and I get, like, people like, this is a young lady who people want to see win. Like they and and I and I wanted to see her win too. I like that she's got some personality and some flair and and a whole lot of skill and she's put in a ton of hard work. It just at some point you have to be like, I lost. Like take the L mm-hmm. and 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 rebuild because and and this is what I was talking about. So the woman who finished seventh in the one hundred and hopefully I'm saying her name right mohinga kombuji from switzerland she finished seventh in the 100 she won the 200 like think about that you have this big disappointment you get dusted by half a second which is in 100 meters time like that's a long time to be behind the leaders of this and you put it together get ready for the next race and you win the next race I was disappointed, like, as someone who is rooting for Sha'Carri Richardson. It felt like she tapped out and then got mad at us when we were like, why did you tap out? Like, we want to see you in the next race. Like, you run the 200, well, go run the 200. Right. And see where you're at. And, yeah, it is weird that it has to be a blanket level of support that you have to give for you to be supportive and that's where I feel like the disrespect that that was shown to you know Sharika Jackson and and Ann Frazier Price and Elaine Thompson Herrera, like the level of disrespect that we show those women mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. acting like they're not part of the diaspora mm-hmm. that they're not black women mm-hmm. that are excelling at an incredibly excellent pace and and with the consistency of they did it a month ago and they did it again at the prefontaine. It, I, I find that to be disrespectful. I, I find that us kind of turning our back on their historic accomplishment mm-hmm. for, for us to just kind of fall into the, well, we have to have she carries back no matter what. I, I, I think that's, that's a little reductive and, and, I I think that we as a as a people, number one, and as as sports literati can do better than that.
4: Russ, you'd find this hard to believe because we have been recording for going on two and a half hours right now, but we actually missed a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I'm a little bit upset because there were plenty so many things we didn't get to that we absolutely have to cover a lot of stuff. Uh, Yeah, none of the things on my sheet of news are things that we got to, and we need to get into that. Okay, Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo bought part of the Milwaukee Brewers. Did you see that story? I did. Called it a dream come true and added some very heartfelt thoughts about his adopted hometown.
2: And now, Tony Gill reads...
1: Sorry, guys. Tony to get in today. you just Tony with glasses a little late there. Sorry, apologize for that.
0: You have Elo. You know, Yo, like, hold on, hold on. You have one job on this podcast. You have one job, on this. like you literally the job it, we the a job did. we pay you for, besides being our friend, <laughs> to to control the audio no. that we have on this platform, and you failed. You failed. We Russ, really should pay you this month, Russ. No, 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 no. Damn this podcast. We're <laughs> <laughs> not paying him no money this month.
4: Uh, clarification: He has like five jobs on the show, and but he—you are correct in that he's
1: failing at all of them. <laughs> all right, it's Tony Gilbert glasses back for a second appearance. All right. This is Giannis under the group. Like, Wait, this no, bit that's not, not his name, bro.
4: <laughs> Taylor.
0: Hold on. No, we're dead in this segment. We're we done. Did this done. for you? We're done. We're done. <laughs> he did all that and they called his man Giannis. No, we're not doing this. We're done. Just go to the next thing on the list, Jason. Just go to the next thing.
4: We we'll lost, Lawrence, the next thing. lost
0: Lawrence. Like we're <laughs> just go to the next
4: thing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a two-part bit not the bit's done. Bit's over.
3: Tony? Tony was just looking like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be doing something, but I'm not sure what it is.
0: The thing
4: he does
3: every week that he loves to do. He
4: just didn't even, didn't even remember to do it. He just oh did five God. minutes ago. The Baltimore Orioles, Russ, as of this recording, have lost 17 games in a row and fallen to 38 and 84. That's worse than the Diamondbacks, who previously were the joke of the sport. And uh, uh, my point in bringing that up to you, Russ, is that, hey, it could be worse.
0: Uh, that's a bad franchise. I actually think it's 18 now. They lost again today.
4: I'm not sure if today made it 17 or 18, but uh, they haven't been close to in five seasons, and I can't imagine what it must be like covering them. In football news, Lawrence, Cole Beasley and the Buffalo Bills were in town for a preseason game against the Bears. The Mitchell Trubisky revenge game, yo. No, well, the Cole Beasley part is the pe- thing people need to know about because uh, all of Chicago, you should go get tested. <laughs> uh, the Washington football team is down to eight finalists for its new name. Uh, see if you guys can each pick one off this list. The choices are Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves, or just continue calling it Football Team. I actually think football team is kind of dope now. Like at first
3: I thought it was a joke and it was like generic brand stuff. I think it sets them apart from every other team in the NFL. If they get a name name, I don't know if it's going to be same love. And, you know, part of the reason that this is taking two years, right? Because they couldn't buy the patents. People trademarked a whole bunch of names that they wanted because they knew this was coming. They just didn't know when. And so they couldn't get, some of the names that they were looking at. And now you end up with this list of names that didn't get trademarked.
0: Russ. All of those suck. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the football team or um, the, you said the red wolves is what on there. Red wolves. Yes. That would be the only other one that I'd be like in eh, too, but they all suck.
1: Tony. I like the commandos because then you can say, ah, oh, man, we're going commandos. That's not that's
0: it. it. That's you not, even what, it's it's not even what they were. called. It's not even what they're called. Stop asking him things, Jason. He's and there. finally, Russ. Mike.
4: And finally, Russ, at a horse track in Henderson County, Kentucky, a horse saw her shot at Freedom and took it. This was a two-year-old horse, Russ, named Bold and Bossy, making her racing debut. And here's how the race went. She bucked her jockey at the starting gate and ran out of the entire stadium ran up highway 41 toward the Indiana state line, I guess thinking she'll find freedom in Indiana, uh, made it about a mile up the road through traffic in full race attire before they corralled her on the side of the road. Mm. She's right going to turn the glue.
0: I was about to say right to the glue factory.
4: <laughs> no, she was okay. She was okay. But, uh, you know, the, the, the way this was covered was that a, a a horse, you know, a horse's racing debut goes awry, but I don't feel like that's how it would be covered in the horse media, I think the headline would be Local Horse Makes Valiant Bid for Freedom.
0: This has been quite the episode of Sports Adjacent. Um, one, this is one, one of those ones where I got to say, I appreciate everybody who made it through this pod, because if you did. No, it was good. Well, I'm not saying it wasn't, but there was just a lot. There's a lot. And Tony. This is one
1: of our best shows ever,
0: honestly. I'm not. I don't think you're wrong.
4: Chewing before you say that.
0: Literally still eat it. It's cool. I mean, it's fine. I'm glad he has a beverage now because he was about he to kill wait
3: it. two minutes.
0: It's. I. We were literally closing the pod. Man
3: is his hands landing up. the plane,
4: and Tony's <laughs> like, "Let me hit that emergency exit." That's not even as bad as. I mean, he's done it during an ad read before, Lawrence. The people that make it possible
0: for us to pay him. Yeah, but it's cool. Uh, We want to thank CEO of House of L, Lawrence Holmes, for stopping by. Our guy uh, for watching how this thing gets made each week. And now, you know, Lawrence, all we have to deal with, with uh, one Anthony Gill.
4: Yeah, there there might be some changes to the. Structure, Russ. This is like your parents leave you alone for the weekend and then they come home, and like the house is not cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how I describe this one. Lawrence is here, and uh, the place is a mess.
3: It's a beautiful mess, though, boys. That's the best part about it.
4: Mayonnaise all over the floor.
0: end this thing, Jason, so we can get it.
4: Also another good title for this episode. Either way. (laughs) You can get this show, Sports Adjacent, every Thursday morning on iTunes and Spotify and all the other podcast streaming services and downloading places. Get this, rate it, share it with your friends, follow us all on Twitter, and we will see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
3: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James?
1: You adjacent to the mother Good job, guys. Good show. I enjoyed it. I'ma F you up, Tony. (laughs)